Welcome to the Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. God, good. Man, I want to encourage you to stir yourself up. Turn to someone and say, stir yourself up. Come on, turn to someone and say, get ready for the word. Are you really ready for the word? Seriously, are you, are you, how many are ready for the word? Come on, Sister Mary. I saw, her. I saw you raise your hand. Come on. Hallelujah. I love Miss Mary. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for the word of God. Come on. I thank you for the word of God. We thank you that, it's, that in 2022, the word of God is still relevant and is still powerful and is still living. So we thank you for the word. Open our eyes to the word. We're hungry for the word. Let us not be distracted today. Let us not, Lord God, look to, to the left or to the right. Father, let us be locked into the word of God in Jesus' name. And everyone said, I want you to turn to John chapter 2. Oh, man, I'm ready to preach. John chapter 2. John chapter 2, verse 1. Uh, And we're going to have a lot of scriptures today, but we're going to flow, right? We're going to flow, right? Because today is my first day, really, of 2022. Last week, um, I wasn't able to make it, and our beloved Harvest made a powerful message He's not here. He's on, a, I think, a business trip, right? Uh, his wife is here, Yvette. We love you, Yvette. Um, and uh, our, some of our elders are actually away. But um, he spoke a powerful word on, on really studying the Bible. Who was here last week? Man, I was watching online. I was like, I'm going to answer my own altar call right there in my house. I'm going to be like, Jesus. <laughs> it was so deep, right? But I think that was perfect to start off the year. And now I'm doing a series uh, that is called Launching Pats. Because launching pads are foundational instruments that hold things that are designed to lift off. But we only focus on the flight, but without the launching pad, they can't fly right. Right? Without the launching pad, the foundation that anchors the rocket, if the rocket were just straight up, it would lean left or right and it would be a disaster. It has to be on a certain launching pad. And so when the launching pad is locked in... Then, then, when the fire comes, the launching pad does its job, releases it, and so the rocket goes up. It's the same thing with uh, anything that catapults. So today, um, instead of going over, because two weeks ago, I only did three, and I had like four left over. And Brother Charles, I promise I'll I'll get to the rest of that. (laughs) He said, do the rest of it. I will. But I want to harp on one, one of them today. Oh, man, I feel excited that I'm going to reveal to you when we read the scripture. All right? I've never, I never preached on this before, although this is a very popular mess uh, scripture. I do not, I repeat, I do not want you to look at this as uh, the story of like you've always seen it. Robin, you know where I'm going because we were preaching to each other. Are you ready? Here, here it is. Here's the word. And I want you to read it. Read it with me. John chapter 2, verse 1 through 11. I have the NIV version because what it says here, I'm going to build upon. Okay? It says, now you can do it in your own version, but you could, if, you, if you want, you could look at the screen. Verse 1. On the third day, listen, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother, listen to this, said to him, they have no more wine. Now think about it. I've read that for years. Why would Mary say, 
in a wedding that they're just enjoying and they're part of, why would Mary say, Jesus, there's no wine left? Look at what Jesus said. Woman, why do you involve me? Listen to this. I want you to br- listen. I'm going to break all of this down in a minute. Jesus replied, my hour has not come yet. My God. I could just, uh, let me not preach on this, please, right now. Jesus replied, my, uh, Jesus, not man, notice, Jesus said, it's not my time yet. It's not my time yet. Jesus said that, okay. His mother said to the servants, now I want you to harp on this. Do whatever he tells you. Do whatever he tells you. In the New King James It says, whatever he says to you, do it. Turn to someone and say, whatever he says to you, do it. Mary looked at Jesus. Now think about it. You would almost think that Mary bumped her head and didn't hear a word that Jesus said. Because Jesus just said to her, it's not my time. It's not my hour. Hear this. Mary pulled on him. And Mary said, to the servants, left Jesus at the statement of saying, my hour is not time yet, looked to the servants and says, whatever he says to you, do it. In other words, he's about to do something that's going to blow your mind. It's not going to make sense. So whatever he says to you, do it. Watch this. This is what I'm going to harp on. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars. Listen to this. The kind used by Jews for ceremonial washing. Ceremonial washing. Religious duties. Each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants. I want you to hear this because we've read this a million times. This does not make sense. We always focus on, wow, look at what Jesus did. He looked at the servants and said, Fill the jars with water. So they filled them, watch this, to the brim. Oh, that's why I picked this version. Fill them to the brim. Say to the brim. I'm going to break that down in just a second. Then he told them, now, draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. And they did so. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from. Though the servants who had drawn the water, they knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside, verse 10, and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best until now. Verse 11, what Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory. His, listen, the first of his signs and his disciples believe in him. Now look at me. Now look at me. Everyone, when I've, even me, when I have read the scripture in the past, I've always looked at it from the angle of him turning water into wine, which is a huge miracle, and that was his first public miracle. But I was looking deeper into uh, why this happened. And before I do that, I need to explain to you some background about Jewish customs in their wedding, okay? Because in the background, in the, in the Jewish customs, 
uh, feasts and receptions were the, the golden marker of their honeymoon. So in lieu of their honeymoon, like we would go on a boat cruise or a plane or a vacation getaway after you get married, their honeymoon was uh, staying in town and eating a really large feast that included wine. So in other words, the, the bride and groom were treated like kings and queens. Kings and queens. Now, I, I need you to understand something. This is amazing. This is powerful. Because it was the responsibility, this is a background, that w- there, was, there was a responsibility of the groom's, listen, listen, shh, there was responsibility of the groom's parents to provide for the food and for the wine and for the drinks. It was the responsibility of the groom's parents and family to provide that. And it was a great embarrassment in that culture if you started something and didn't have enough food or wine. Now, in those custom days, the, the honeymoon, which was the reception, could you imagine your, recep- your honeymoon being the reception? Could you imagine, hey, we're going on honeymoon, but in your mind, your honeymoon is the reception. But in those days, it lasted a couple of days. It wasn't just one day. In those days, it kind of, the reception lasted a couple of days. Now, I say this for a reason, okay? It would have been a huge embarrassment to the, to the family, to the culture, if they ran out of wine, food, or specifically wine. Uh, and it, they would have been, had a, a, a bad mark or reputation in their community. Now, why do I say all this in foundation, all right? Why do I say this? Because the first ever public miracle of Jesus was not essential for living, right? It was simply to save a family from embarrassment. Listen, a family from embarrassment. He didn't, he didn't raise anybody from the dead, his first miracle. He didn't heal anybody. He didn't cast out any demon. His first public mi- miracle was turning water into wine. And some people have a lot of spiritual significance to that. But the reason was is because I'm going to tell you in, in a reason why he did it. Because there's a phrase that I want to harp on for the rest of this sermon and for the rest of this message, which is this. What Mary said so prophetically is what I harp on as one of the main launching pads of you and my life, which is this. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. Listen, the launching pad is this. Whatever he says to you, do it. Do you agree that sometimes what God is telling you to do does not make sense? Do you agree that sometimes the direction that he's leading you is actually difficult? Do you agree that sometimes the voice of God, even the word of God, is a little difficult for you because maybe... Maybe there's areas in our lives that we've opened the doors to, and then sometimes what he's telling you is very difficult. To some of you, what he's telling you to do is, could be hurtful because you have to forgive someone that hurts you. But, the, but Mary said, he didn't say, do this specifically what he says. He says, whatever he says to you, do it. I wonder in 2022 if this is the model that we're going to take. Whatever we've been delaying, come on, whatever we have slow obedience to, here is the key. Here's the key to to the miracle, and I'm going to expound on this. It was quick obedience to the voice of the Lord. To some of you, it's a challenge to get more involved in the local church. To some of you, the voice of the Lord is a challenge to stop being uh, maybe critical or or, um, unforgiving to somebody. To some of you, is to go higher in your gifting. 
To some of you, it's to say, hey, shake off that shame. I'm here to forgive you, and I'm here to bless you. I have gifts for you. Come on, say amen. Say whatever. Say whatever. Listen, I encourage you to stop doubting God. I encourage you to stop doubting yourself. I encourage you to stop delaying what God is telling you to do. I encourage you to obey. Listen, quickly. I want you to notice before I break this obedience down, and there's three things, major things of obedience that I'm going to share with you today. There's more that I'm going to share next week, but the, the, there's so much about obedience that I can't do it all in one service, right? Next week is going to be powerful because there's going to be an other side of obedience. And I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. Jesus learned obedience by the things he suffered. That's for next week. He learned obedience. That blows my mind. Jesus, the Son of God, learned. He actually had to learn. Yes, he learned obedience by the things he suffered. And so sometimes we have to embrace the reason for that because it's teaching us obedience. Come on, preach, Pastor George. So watch, watch. So before I break this down, I want to just encourage you that there's levels of obedience that I want you to do. The, the key to this miracle, please hear me. The key to this miracle was a couple of things. Mary pulling on Jesus. Remember, he said it's not his time. Mary pulled on Jesus and said, please do something about it. That's basically what she was saying. There's, we're in the wedding. They, they're they're going to be embarrassed. Some theologians say that, th- that this wedding was somewhere close to the family of, of Mary. Some historians say when you dig a little deeper that there was a lot of close relationship and she did not want the family to be a public embarrassment. Think about this, okay? The second reason why the miracle happened, I want you to hear this, is because the servants of the wedding did not question the craziness, the craziness of the request of Mary and Jesus to do something that was completely contrary when it was a high-stress situation for the servants. They needed wine and they needed it fast, And the reason the miracle came is because they quickly obeyed. And not only did they quickly obey, they filled it to the brim. I'm going to, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to preach that on on just a little bit. Now, Now look at the first slide here. There are three main realities about obedience. Say obedience. Now listen, quick obedience will open the doors of favor in your life. We can't buy favor, but we could attract favor. I'm going to tell this to you. If you are delaying in your obedience, you will be delayed in your reward. I'm going, to re- I'm going to read some scriptures so you can see it, okay? Now watch the first one. Obedience can be measured. Say obedience can be measured. Oh, man, this is so good. I want you to see this. Say obedience can be measured. Do you know that whether you know it or not, you have a measure of obedience? You could be halfway obedient, knowing something, and you're not willing to do it, or, you, or you're 75% obedient. I'm not saying that there's like a physical percentage in heaven. But what I'm saying is your obedience, my obedience can be measured. Why this? Because Jesus specifically said, fill the jars with water to the servants. Now, you have to imagine, put yourself in this wedding. There is a, a, a high demand for the servants to make sure everything is right. They didn't want to embarrass the family. They wanted to serve well. And they were in a crisis, guys. They were in a crisis. So I want you to see how radical obedience to something that's so crazy actually produced the miracle. Jesus said, fill the the, the jars with water, okay? In the natural, how many know that doesn't make sense? 
Now, we read the story now, we're like, oh, well, I know the end of the story. They, the servants didn't. Imagine you in that, uh, uh, in that situation, and you are in charge of the family's reputation. It's on you. Hey, listen, you, 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 you got to make sure that the wine doesn't come out. Because this is going to be a, a, a bad talk in the neighborhood about us. We're not going to be, uh, we're going to have a stigma about us, okay? Now watch this. What God tells you to do in 2022 may not sound like what you wanted to hear. What God is telling you in this year, watch this, I'm speaking to some of you, may cause you to feel uncomfortable because you have settled in a comfort zone. And what God is telling some of you to do is to obey the voice of the Lord for the prompting of launching out of your boat. To position yourself and anchor yourself in these spiritual launching paths because God wants to take you higher. But he can't take you higher if we're not fully obedient. I'm going to give you a key. It's not my smarts. It's not our wisdom. It's not, it's not my strength. It was quick obedience when I heard the voice of the Lord. Some of you have heard this before because you're part of a spiritual family. To launch the church, in my heart, I was scared. I was scared. I heard a, I heard a definition of courage several years ago. It says those who are afraid, but they go anyways. Courage is those who are afraid, but go anyways. And I was, and I was not wanting to start a church, if I could just be honest with you. If I could be honest, I didn't want it. Watch this. The enemy of quick obedience is comfortability. I was comfortable getting a paycheck, preaching twice a month. I had it good. I didn't have to worry about payroll and IRS taxes. And Lord, thank you for IRS, you know, over there. And I didn't have to, I didn't have to, worry, about, I didn't have to worry about that when I was just an assistant. I was just preaching. But watch this. I was comfortable. And God was saying, can you have quick obedience to what I'm about to tell you to do? Do you realize that your obedience is not just for you, it's for other people? Do you know your obedience is affecting other people? What if I delayed my obedience? What if I said, I don't know about this, God. And you know me, like once I'm a knucklehead, right? I, I needed like 10 confirmations and God, by his mercy, gave me like a 1,000. <laughs> He's like, look, bam, look, bam, look, bam. Are you ready? No, no, I don't know. Maybe this is just me. Here, bam, I'm going to get a backslider to call you and prophesy over you. And he used to be your assistant. I'm going to call him. I'm going to call him to prophesy over you. What? My assistant who was a backslider prophesied over me. I haven't heard, I haven't heard him in, in seven years. Watch this. When I heard the voice of the Lord, I felt to obey quickly. Say, say quickly. Say quickly. The, 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 the miracle happens when they obeyed quickly. Now watch this. This is key. But the Bible says, everybody say the Bible says, not only did they obey quickly, listen to this, this is to me so mind-blowing. They obeyed a ridiculous command, and you know what they did? They didn't fill it halfway. They didn't fill it at 75%. They could have, there was no instruction from the Lord of how to measure what they were going to do. He just said, fill the, cup, the, the jars with water. They could have filled it halfway and still got wine. They could have filled it 75%. The Bible says they filled it to the brim. You know what that tells me? That effective obedience is mingled with your faith measure. Oh, come on. Come on, church. Effective obedience is mingled with the measure of your faith. Why? Listen, why? Let's talk as a family. Why would the servants 
fill the jars to the brim, if that was a crazy command to, to get water, it's like, like you're in a high stress, and, and God says, Samantha, here's the wedding. Uh, they need wine. Go over there and get six pots and fill them with water. You're going to be like, we don't need water. We need wine. Go get water. It, it, some of us would be like, this guy is crazy. I ain't going to do it. But listen, listen, the prophetic words that Mary said that should echo into our hearts. Whatever he tells you to do. Oh, God, I feel like preaching today. I, I, I'm, I wasn't there, but I can imagine Mary looking with fire in her eyes and saying, he's about to do something. Kind of like, you know, you know that mother, that wink that the mothers make, you know. Sometimes I think like, you know, Mary was like, uh, they, we're, not, we're not a wine. And Jesus is like, it's not my hour yet. And she's like. Watch this, watch this, watch this. She didn't take no for an answer. I'm going to preach for a second. She's like, she's like, it's not my time yet. Whatever he says to do, do it. Watch, watch this now, watch this. They filled it to the brim. To the brim. Watch this. That means they would have still got wine, but they would have got a half of it. I want you to know that your obedience has a measure of faith. Put that slide back up there. Your obedience, true effective obedience, watch this, is mingled with a measure of your faith. Why would the servants fill it up to the brim if they thought he was crazy? No, they must have instinctively knew something is about to happen in this wedding. I don't understand it, but there's something about that man that when he told me to do it, it resonated in me. So, hey, guys, when we get the water, let's not fill it halfway. Let's fill it all the way to the top so it's spilling. Not knowing what Jesus was about to do, but knowing instinctively, watch this, by faith and the measure of their faith. Hear me now. Your obedience can be measured. I'm going to prove it to you in Scripture for those Bible scholars here. Right? Watch this. I'm going to prove it to you in Scripture. Now, I want to hear this. I want you to look. I'm going to, I'm going to go fast with some Scripture, so I want you to see on the screen. You can write it down or take a picture of it. Okay? Look at this. To a degree. Please hear me. Please zoom in on me. We determine what we receive according to the measure of our obedience. I got two amens here. To a degree, we say I. Determine the measure of what I receive by the measure of my faith and obedience. And I can tell, tell some of you maybe, maybe are saying, well, I'm not sure about that. You know, I mean, God could do, and you're right. God could do anything he wants. He could bless you abundantly. But the law of the kingdom, if you want to have it consistently, is what measure you're putting in is the measure you're going to get back. A lot of people think, oh, God is not into rewards. Have you read the Bible? Have you read the scriptures? God is deeply into reward. As a matter of fact, he says, I am coming, and behold, my reward is with me. Don't fall into this false humility that says, oh, there's no reward. No, the measure of your obedience. Now listen, these servants instinctively had a full measure. Are you a halfway measure obedient Christian or a full measure obedient Christian? Are are you doing things, are, are there some things in your life that repeatedly, Repeatedly, God is knocking on your door to do, and you're delaying. Repeatedly knocking on your door, and maybe it's that 10% of your life. Maybe there's something that you're yielding to that you shouldn't yield to. Maybe there's something that you need to do that God is telling you to do, and you're like, I'm too afraid. I don't want to do it. They already have help. They already have that. You don't need me, God. What if it's 5%? 
What if 5% knowingly, knowingly, these servants did not even have, from what we know, maybe they knew about him. They didn't even have a personal relationship with Jesus. And they filled it to the brim. It tells me that obedience can be measured. Watch this, watch this. Are you ready for this? I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures. Listen, I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures to back this up. In giving. Everybody say in giving. Your obedience could be measured in giving. Look at Luke chapter 6, verse 38 in the, in the Passion Translation. Look at this. Watch this. It says, give generously. I want everyone to see this in the Passion Translation. And uh, listen, get, uh, I'm talking about obedience could be measured. Give generously, and generous gifts will be given back to you. Now, I, take, take the mindset off of the, the, the whole prosperity preacher thing, right? Look at it from a pure scripture. Watch this. Shaking down to, the, to give, make more room, abundant gifts will pour out upon you with such an overflowing measure that it will run over you. Now watch this. Watch this next sentence. Read it loud with me. Your measurement of generosity becomes the measurement of your return. I only got three amens in here. I'm glad the Bible said that because you can't criticize me now. Because the way I don't think about it. No, it's in the Bible. The Bible says, that, put it back up, the measurement, the measurement of your generosity becomes the measurement, come on, say measure, becomes the measurement of your return. Obedience can be measured. You want to have a miracle in your life? Whatever he says to do, do it and do it fully. Don't do it halfway. Don't just say yes and then don't do it because you're afraid. Don't, don't just say, you know what, you're right. I, Lord, I, I need to do this and then do it and then stop. Whatever God is telling you to do, do it. I hear the Lord saying there are some people that are going to enter into new territory. I hear the Holy Ghost right now that they have never been. Listen, they've never been to before. That does not mean that it's not God. It means whatever he's telling you to do, do it. And watch this. If you do it on the other side of obedience, there's going to be such favor. Joshua did not get the favor until his foot landed on Jericho. He could have said, God prophesied that was ours. It's ours. Let's just wait a little bit. There's too, there's too much big of a wall in there. Let's make sure they go to sleep. No, no, no. God says, go, again, crazy. Go out there and, and, and circle around and be silent. Could you imagine the crazy? Watch this, watch this. The people, millions of people said, okay. <laughs> hey, Joshua, I want you to go to Jericho, cross the Jordan, and for seven days, just be silent. Just march around. Could you imagine the people in the windows going, yeah, you little, I will go get you. And they're like. I can imagine like, you just wait to the seventh day. <laughs> wait, this is the third day. You just wait. But they didn't know. They didn't know. That's just seven days. After seven days, the Lord says, blow the trumpet. How crazy did that sound, guys? Come on. We read the stories like, oh, yeah, yeah. You prob we probably wouldn't do that. Are you crazy going around there and not fight? Come on, we were used to, the children of Israel were used to fighting. They were used to fighting. They used to have wars. Are you telling us to go around? Yes, quick obedience to radical things that God is telling you. And watch this. After that, burm, 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 burm. come on, Idalia, where's she at? Okay. <laughs> they did that trumpet. They did that trumpet. And watch this. The walls came down. Can, can I be honest? We, we never viewed it this way. You know why the walls came down? Zoom in. You know why the walls came down? Not just the power of God. Sure. 
They were obedient to whatever God said. You need to view it that the miracle didn't happen just because of happenstance. It happened because of quick obedience. Mary said, whatever. Come on, say whatever. Come on, say whatever. Woo. Whatever he says. Watch this. Now, now watch. In judging others. Here's a measure, right? In giving. Now look at in judging others. Watch, watch this. In judging others. Matthew 7, 1 through 2, NIV. Are you getting something? Look at this. Do not judge. Look at the screen. Or you too will be judged. Watch the measure. For in, in, in the same way you judge others, that's a measurement of obedience and faith, you will be judged. Now watch this. Let this slap you like a gangster. And with the measure, everybody say measure. Come on, everybody say measure. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Oh, Pastor George, I don't agree. I don't know. I'm telling you scripture that your obedience can be measured. You get what you put in. Can I tell you that I used to think that all these big preachers and pastors and stuff were just uh, 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 people that said, in my early days, God said, yes, no, yes, no, 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 yes, yes, no, no. Now, there is a, there is a, uh, a calling and there is a purpose. I get, I, I get all that. But you and I could get as much of God as any of these big pastors and leaders. Why? Why? Because it's up to you. Can I say something radical and controversial? It's not up to God to get more of God in your life. It's not up to him. It's not up to him. According to your faith, let it be done to you. Many times in the Bible, the, Jesus himself said, was sitting there and saying, okay, I want to see the measure of your faith to see if you get healed. And he was almost testing them. Oh, God, come, come, come. And the Bible says that according to your faith, your faith. Look, watch this. In hearing and receiving God's word, you're hearing and receiving God's word now. Watch, this is going to get some of you. This is going to get some of you. Don't get distracted. Watch this. In hearing and, and, and receiving God's word, there's a measurement. If you're hearing me today and you're tuning some of me out, that's a measure of what you're hearing. I'm going I'm I'm to I'm explain it in scripture. If you're hearing me today and you're receiving everything that the Lord is saying through this, despite a, a human vessel, right, you will receive the measure even that you hear. Did you know that? Did you know that? I know it got silent in here, right? Did you know that you could receive? We, I'm speaking the same word, yet different people receive different levels. Why? Because they, there is a measurement even to what you hear. Oh, man, I'm going to preach this. You, you probably never heard this. Watch this. Put it up there. Put that next scripture up there in Mark. Watch this. Mark chapter 4 in the, in the Passion Translation. I'm speaking to those of you to, that, that want to hear the voice of God and hear the word of God. If, you're, if your word, if you're hearing is filtered with criticism, if your hearing is filtered with dullness, if your hearing is filtered with a lack of, of certain things, you're going to get that. But if you are hungry to receive more, everybody say more. If you position yourself to hear more, more, I I want everyone to look at me before more revelation will be given to you. You say, what? Okay. Look at Mark Mark chapter 4. Then he said to them, listen to this, look at the scripture. This is the Passion Translation. Be diligent to understand the meaning behind everything you, everybody say here. For as you do more understanding, hello? More understanding will be given to you. Now watch this. This is deep. And according to the depth of your longing to understand, much more will be added to you. What? According to the depth of your longing? What does that tell me? 
that God has, he, he can measure your, your desire, your hunger for the word of God. So many of us that we hear the word, but we're not really hearing it. We're listening. There's a difference between listening to, to, the, to the word and hearing the word. Do you know that there's a measurement in your hunger to hear? Look at this. Look, look at this next verse. Look at this next verse. For those, listen, please, please look at the scriptures. For those who listen with open hearts. Did Pastor George say that? Did Pastor George say that? No. For those who listen with open hearts will receive more revelation. What? Are you, oh, Pastor George, I don't agree with that. Then agree with the scripture. For those who listen, that's, that your, your obedience can be measured. For those who listen with open hearts will receive more revelation. Pause. Some of you are not receiving revelation because you just don't want to hear the whole thing. You don't want to hear the whole thing. Or you just don't like, you don't want to hear the vessel. You don't like the personality, whatever it is. Get over, I had to get over people's personality in order to receive Trust me, I was under Pastor Benny. And, and I love Pastor Benny, but there was some rough personalities there. Brother, don't do that. Oh, hallelujah. Shut up. No, that's my service. I had to get over judging the personality to see and hear the word purely. There's a degree of revelation that's given to you if you posture yourself to hear more. How do you hear more? Are you ready? By drowning out the criticism and saying no to all that. Saying no to the complaining, saying no to the, um, to the impossibilities that you're hearing, saying no to the doubts, and saying, I am hungry to receive. Look at this. Say this with me. For those who listen with open hearts will receive more revelation. Watch this. But those who don't listen, say those who don't listen, with open hearts will lose what little they think they have. Now, notice what the Bible says. It didn't say those who didn't listen. You hear me? Talk to me. It didn't say those who didn't listen. He said those who don't listen with an open heart. So that tells me you can listen and not listen with an open heart. This is good preaching. Because I've, been, I've, I've traveled many times and I've been around for a lot of times. And I realize as a pastor, people listen, but they don't listen with open hearts. It's up to you, say it's up to me, the measurement of what I receive. I'll go quickly. Concerning mercy, I'll go quickly. Concerning mercy, here's another measurement. James chapter 2 of your obedience, verse 13. NLT. I'm giving you scripture so you won't think this is my opinion. There will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. Oh, help us, Lord. Your obedience can be measured. Watch this. Your reward is based on the measure of your obedience. Watch what it says. There will be no mercy to those who show no mercy. Now, is that free will? Yes, it's free will. God is saying, you have a choice to show mercy or not. Have you ever wondered why it's called merciful, full of mercy? Right? But if you have been merciful, God will be merciful when he judges you. Look at me for a quick second. One of the scriptures I love is the Beatitudes. And in Matthew chapter 5, it says this. It says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. I don't know about you, but I need mercy in my life. I make mistakes. God has to deal with me, like all of you, right? I have to be merciful to people when they mess up because I need mercy. The measurement in which I show mercy to others, God sees that. 
God sees that. And you say, well, God is not punishing me. No. Here's the thing that we have to get away from God is punishing me. No. You are reaping what you sowed. You know what? If you sow love, you're going to reap love. Watch this now. It may not be from the same source that you're sowing into. In other words, God's telling you, love that person even though he's going to hate you. Even though they're going to criticize you. All right, Lord, here I am. I'm going to be obedient to what you said. I'm going to love that person. That person still hates you. And you're saying, where is the love return? God says, don't worry about that. I'm going to give it to you. And all of a sudden, when you're down, three weeks later, you don't even know. Four weeks later, you're down and someone starts loving on you. Start texting you. Say, hey, let's go out and start praying on you. And just loving on you. You may not even know that. You're like, oh, well, thank you. That lifted me up. You're reaping the sowing that you sowed in the love to others. And you, listen, you may not reap it from the same source because God is our source. Oh, I feel like running around this pulpit right now. Say your obedience. Say my obedience can be measured. My hearing can be measured. But it's up to me. It's up to you guys. It's not up to Pastor George. There's some of you that are hungry to receive the word. And there's some of you that are not. And, and I understand that there's people in different areas. But just know that today I'm trying to challenge you. Whatever he says for you to do, do it. Sometimes that means letting go of bad mentalities. Letting go of bad things. Are you ready for this? Look at number two. Look at number two. And then we're, we're going to close soon. Man, this is good. Look at this. Obedience. Oh, I love this. And this is all from the story of John 2, by the way. Obedience transforms lackluster and dead realities in your life into exciting and fulfilling realities. Look at this. this. I'm going to make you happy in a second. Obedience transforms lackluster and dead realities in your life into exciting and fulfilling realities. Listen, listen, listen. Have you ever been a part of something dead and religious and it's not exciting? Do you know the enemy sometimes to the spirit of God is a spirit of religion? Because religion tells you to do. Jesus said, it's done. It's done. But let let, let me say say this. He's after relationship. So watch this. Why do I say that? Because Jesus, there's nothing exciting about church if Jesus is not involved in it. There's nothing exciting about religious activity unless the Holy Spirit, come on, is in there. My brother Kelly said, the moment I stepped into this place... Without a preacher, he said, I felt the presence of God. He didn't feel religion. He didn't feel church. Religion is dead. Jesus is alive. There's there's many churches that you could walk into right now, and it's dead, and they're preaching the word because there's no spirit of God in there. Obedience transforms dead, lackluster things into vibrant, exciting realities in your life. You know what these vessels were? Look at, look at me. You know what these vessels were used for? Ceremonial washing. There was nothing exciting about these pots at all because in the religious customs, what they would do, they would come. Do you, do, how do you think the people came to these pots every day? Do you think they were like, oh, man, I can't wait to wash my hands and wash my head. This is so exciting. They did that over and over and over. A relig- the Bible said for religious ceremonial watching. Religious, religious, religious. You could be religious and not be biblical.
they came to these water pots and they would wash their hands. The priests would wash their hands and they would make sure they had it as a custom. They would have to do that. If they had touched a dead body, the Bible says they had to wash their whole body. Cleansing, right? These were religious pots. Nothing exciting about these pots. Are you ready for, to shout? Until Jesus got involved in those pots. All of a sudden, those pots became party central for those people in the wedding. Those pots were now filled with wine. Why? Because when you are obedient to the Lord, if it wasn't for these servants, come on somebody, being obedient to that to the Lord and grabbing these six water pots, doing something crazy that he said that they probably didn't even know, if it wasn't for the quick obedience of those servants, the party would not have been the reception like it was. There was life. There was excitement. Why? Because there was new wine in the but listen it all traces back to obedience if you oh god if you're obedient in your life your life will be exciting i'm going to give you a clue i'm going to give you a clue if you're bored or dull with god check your obedience level I'm not talking about your perfection level. What have you secretly said no over and over and over again to what God is saying yes to over and over and over again? What, what is he saying to you to maybe use your hands and be involved in, in the work of God that you're delaying because of your fears? Are you tired? Are you physically tired? Has that affected the way that you read the Bible? Do you know that when you're really tired, it's hard. I've been there. It's hard sometimes to even be obedient with God. But here's the key. Excitement flows when obedience is there. You're bored with church? Start being obedient. Watch this. I've seen people that they've been serving God for years, and I call them um, Christian fossils. They've been serving the Lord for years. There's no excitement in them. No excitement in their conversation with God. Let me tell you something. Maybe because there's areas that we just don't want to obey in. It all starts with obedience. Maybe, maybe we're yielding to something that we didn't do. But it's impossible not to get excited if you're obedient to everything that God is telling you to do. Whatever, Mary is speaking to you today from heaven. RCC, whatever he tells you to do, do it. It may sound crazy. It may think, it may, uh oh, this is, this is, this is, ready? It may require you to humble yourself. It may require you to admit that you're not always right. I know it get quiet in here, Lord, so. Stir it back up again, okay? Say whatever. These religious pots, these jars, were now filled with something supernatural. Oh, I love this. I love this. I love this. Put that slide up. Obedience transforms dead religion into exciting faith journey. Faith journey. Faith journey. Think about, I think about this. Think about when Jesus said, not only put this water. Now, I want to say something deep that I never said before. There's never a, a, a moment in this scripture where it tells you the time, the time when the water was turned into wine. Never says that. Never says at this time turned into wine. He just said, fill the waters and draw, draw some. Fill it, fill it with, with water. And then he goes, these water cups, the, sorry, jars, take a big thing and scoop it up, still water, Take it to the master of the ceremony. <laughs> the master of the wedding reception. Could you imagine if that was some of us? Jesus, uh, 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 you're you talking like the master? Yes, the master, but it's water. <laughs> Take it to him. 
part two of obedience, not only did the, he, they obey once, they kept on obeying. So he took the, 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 the cup, he took it to the master of the ceremony. This is my opinion. I, I can't back it up with scripture. On the way there, the water turned into wine. And, and listen, I believe that servant was like, <laughs> I'm going to be the laughing stock. But you know what? I love the family so much, I'll take, I'll take the brunt of it. I'm going to give this guy water. Can you imagine the embarrassment that he's thinking while he's going? But he went anyways. I said he went anyways. True obedience will surpass your knowledge. If, if, if you are an intellectual person, if you are an articulate person, if you are an analyzer, praise God for you. I, we need you. But don't overanalyze things in your personality that you bypass faith. Don't be so smart for God. To do something radical. He could have been like some of us that our personalities are wired. If I don't see it, this doesn't make sense. If the, No, this cannot be God. I've been serving the Lord for years. This can't be God. This is ridiculous. This man is telling me to give water to the master of the ceremony. If you're an intellectual, I love this, or an analytical person, do not block the element of faith that, watch this, bypasses your knowledge. Sometimes you got to do things that are so hard because you have to fight this. Come on, you know I'm preaching good here. You have to fight these thoughts like, he's crazy. Some of you think that about me sometimes. He's crazy. I don't, I don't know about him. Took the water. Watch this. Okay, Jesus, here it goes. I believe as the Lord, the Lord saw the obedience, the Bible says that when he took a sip of that, that water that now is wine, he said, Oh, 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 what is this? He, he goes, some people say get the wine first because we have to get the, the first couple of days going. And then get the cheaper wine at the end. But, but you, but I, this is my theory. You probably would have said, what kind of wine is this? I just, I'm just imagining. <laughs> the guy would say, listen, this is some new water wine. I don't know what it is. It's called water wine. Right? It's called water wine. This dude over there, he just told me, right? He just told me to give this to you. Instinctively, I knew I was supposed to do it. By that time, the miracle was already set. I want you to see the progression. The miracle was not in fullness until the obedience was in fullness. Some of you can step out the boat on the water, but you stop when you see the waves. Some of you are obedient to get out of the boat when God tells you, but all of a sudden the storms are coming and you stop. Peter not only launched out of the boat, he walked on water and he saw the storms and he kept on walking. And then he had a human moment like all of us do. He looked at the storm. Watch this. He stopped being fully, in a sense, obedient to get to that destination. And he looked at it and he sank. Now, if, I, if that was you and me, I'll be like, I'll be so, you know, it almost seems like Jesus is so not compassionate, but he's very compassionate. He's like, we, we think, this, this guy, this is like a category five storm that, that they say, right? It wasn't like, you know, it was like, ah, and he's walking, and he looks at it, he sinks, and I'm, he's like, he gets up, instead of Jesus going, bendito, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? Are you all right? Everything's good? Breathe, breathe. He goes, you have little faith. 
Watch this, watch this. Why did you doubt? In other words, Peter, do you realize that no one on earth other than me was, had walked on water? And for a little bit, you walked on water? For, for a little bit, you walked on water? I'd be like, hey. <laughs> I don't know, but there's something that builds your faith when you step out. When you step out, faith will come. But always remember, the fullness of the miracle didn't happen until the fullness of obedience happened. Don't start something and quit because it's too tough. You know how many times, oh, come on, church. Can I be real with you? Can I be real with you? I want the, I want the worship team to come up. I want the worship team to come up. Oh, Lord. Can I be real with you? Listen to me. There's many times I wanted to quit this church. I wanted to quit, I wanted to quit being a pastor of this church. There you go. I said it. I wanted to physically quit because the, pre the pressure was so high, but most importantly, my, my physical pain was so high that I didn't want it anymore. I didn't, I didn't enjoy it anymore. But little by little, I started noticing, again, I'm going to open up to you. The blessings of the Lord pour in to RCC. While, while I, listen, while I'm like, <laughs> the blessings are coming in, I'm like, Lord, I'm not doing anything. And God says, exactly right. You just keep on being obedient because I built this house. Now watch. Are you ready for this? this what, I'm not, what I'm about to say is not um, arrogant at all. But I didn't quit. Be not weary in well-doing. For in due season, in due season, you will reap if you do not faint. Another translation says you will reap when you don't give up. Here's my point. Here's my point. The fullness of the reward comes at the fullness of the obedience. It doesn't come halfway. It says full. I want you to say, this is a phrase that is not up there, but the Lord gave this to me. Say with me, the favor of God follows obedience to God. The favor of God follows obedience to God. A lifestyle of obedience will keep you excited about God. We're talking about excitement here. Those jars were religious. Can I just pause and say something? Maybe we are doing religious activities and we're, and we're wondering, why is my heart not fulfilled? I'm coming to church. I'm doing all these religious things. But there's no life in me. There's no excitement in me. I want to encourage you, go back, go back to the servants that they said, Mary said, whatever he says, do. Have you honestly said, I've done everything he's told me to do? Not perfectly, not perfect, but have you done everything? Do you, do you recognize even the way he's asking you to live through his word? Maybe there's scriptures that are pricking your heart about how you should live your life in holiness, and you're really not wanting that right now. I've, I've talked to people that they said, I know what to do, but I ain't ready. And I, I, I get that. I understand that. I understand that because they're hurt. But just know, just know, there's a pause button there on the favor of God and the breakthrough of God unless you push through. I've heard people say, I, 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 I know I need to forgive, but I, I, I don't know how that person is going to react when I talk to them. Just know until you go all the way, the blessing won't come. 
I know I need to start helping in the ministry. But if you don't do it all the way, the blessing won't come. And, and here's another part. The excitement won't come. Remember, these, these um, jars were boring. Everybody say boring. They were boring until the Holy Spirit came, until Jesus came. Obedience will transform lackluster things into exciting faith journey. Listen to me. I love this. The servants determine how much wine they got by how much water they put in. <laughs> Play something there, Joanne, please. Look at number three. Watch this. Obedience is the key to getting your heart's desire met. Now, don't tune me out. Hear this to me. I'm gonna, I really feel this last one for many of us. Obedience is the key to getting our heart's desire met. Please listen to me. We as a church, and I mean the body of Christ, have bought into this false humility that we can't dream anymore. That all we have to do, all we need to do is uh, uh, think about uh, these things that are spiritual and never have a dream to get a, a better house or, or have our kids go to college. I want you, I'm, I'm going to back this up by this story. You, everybody say your heart's desire. Of course, when it is aligned to the word of God, God is not going to give you a heart's desire if it's not aligned. But obedience, say obedience, will unlock God to give you your heart's desire. Do you care for your children? God cares for your children. Do you care to send some of them to college? That's not a bad dream. That's not a bad thing to do. Do you care to get, to get out of debt and, and, and financially independent? God wants to give you your heart's desire. Please zoom in on me. I want to say this that, I, that we don't say often. God desires to bless you. And one of the ways he blesses you, ready, is giving you your heart's desire. But what's the key? What's the key? The key is obedience that unlocks your heart's desire. Are, are you ready for this? I'm going to shout. If you look deeper into this story, Jesus' first miracle was fulfilling a heart's desire. If you, if you look deeper, it was looking at Mary. Jesus himself said, my time has not come. Did I not read that? Did I not read that? My time has not come. Give them wine. I don't want them to be embarrassed. Do whatever he says to do. My time has not come. I'm going to say something. Please zoom in. It may sound controversial. Just stay with me for a second. We could hasten the Lord's return through our prayers, can't we? Can't we? Can't we? We could hasten the Lord's return through getting right, obedience, and, 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 and prayer. Can we not? There's sometimes we can hasten the Lord's answer through our obedience and our faith mixed together. What was supposed to be for later... Your pull, your hunger, your obedience, your desire in the Lord to do something. When you are obedient with God and you are hungry for God, it could actually fast forward the time that was supposed to be for later to now. Oh, God. He said, it's not my time yet, but they're running out of wine. The miracle was not to save someone's life. The miracle was not to raise someone from the dead. It was simply to save a family from embarrassment 
He desired, she desired, she desired. You know, another person that did that, that fast forwards the time when it was supposed to be for another time was a Syrophoenician woman. The Syrophoenician woman was came and she was a Gentile. The Bible says and came to Jesus and said, please, Jesus, now is when I need you. My daughter is demon possessed. And Jesus said, is, I come to the house of Israel first. It's not right for me to give what belongs to the children to the dogs in other words you're a gentile my purpose right now is for israel after i die and the holy spirit comes i'm gonna raise up paul and peter and then you're gonna go to the gentiles she goes you're right watch this watch how faith watch how obedience pulls the timing of god because he holds time he's not limited by time he holds all time and look 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 the seraphonician woman says i know I know it's not my time yet. In a sense, I'm a dog. In a sense, I'm a, I'm a Gentile. But even the dogs eat from the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And Jesus said, woman, great is your faith. Your daughter is healed right now. Right now. What was supposed to be for later is now because you've pulled. Come on, somebody. Lift up your voice. Lift up your hands. What was supposed to be for later, your heart's desire through obedience, through obedience, through obedience, even in the tough times. You're obedient when you're crying. You're obedient when it's tough. You're reading when you want to quit. You're standing when you want to quit. You're not disobedient, but you're being obedient to the Lord. And Mary and the Seraphonician woman pulled the time clock in heaven and said, it's not supposed to be now, but because of your faith, your hunger, and your obedience. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.